0: Bracken and Bell together.
1: There's Cooper breaking through. A chance now, this will be the fourth ball for I've ever been. And Cooper puts it in with this really. Well, suddenly it's become a rout. Of course, when things are going wrong against you, if you don't get the breaks of the ball, Cooper in with Stewart. Hello and welcome to the Here We Go podcast. This is very much take two on this one. Uh, As this time last week, we sat down and recorded one looking ahead to the Hamilton and Celtic games, but uh, best laid plans and all that. So we brought everyone back to the same place, same time to try again. So that means Martin Clunas is back with us again. Hi, Martin.
0: Hello, Richard. How are you doing?
1: Yeah, not bad. And uh, football writer Mark Gordon is back with us after last week's aborted effort. Hi, Mark. Thanks for joining us again.
2: Hey, guys. How are you?
1: Yep, it's been um, a long seven days without football. Obviously, there's been more sadness in the North East in those last seven days as well. So I think the return to football, the return to some sense of normality on Thursday is going to be overdue, Martin. Um, have we come to terms yet? Um, are, are we finally able to put to bed the whole Soul Bar Eight?
0: Uh, I think we're getting there. No, at half past seven on Thursday, I think we'll be fine, and we can just we can we can just put it all behind us um, until, of course, we we get the. The SPFL, SFA, um, decision comes through in the week, I think it's the week after that, is that? I'm not sure. Um, and we'll find out how long our players are going to be suspended for. Um, because I think we're, I think it's pretty much guaranteed we're going to lose them for a couple of games at least. Um, but until the, till then, yeah, I mean, I think it's, it is time now. I mean, no, I didn't necessarily agree with, though, know, the, the chairman and his little video on Friday. I thought the statement the club put out in the afternoon was perfect. It was concise. It was to the point. Um so I think it's it is time now where with, once we can get some football played uh, we can start looking looking forward and just just try to draw a line under all this.
1: It's quite a change in approach from Aberdeen, isn't it? To a point, Mark, where you know, under the previous chairman you barely heard from him from season to season and now Dave Comac seems to be leading from the front on social media with a lot of these things. it, it can lead to things maybe not being as precise as the club may wish, perhaps.
2: Yeah, I can take your point on that um, It is a very different approach I guess it's just The the differences in two very different characters In Dave Cormack and Stuart Milne With that approach there's going to be positives And there's going to be negatives um, We've seen a lot of the positive um, Comments come back from The way uh, Dave Cormack's handled a lot of things And it has been good That there's been a lot more communication from the club um, He's obviously Had his fingers burned as well a couple of times There was his Kind of his tweet that caused a bit of problems um, earlier in the year as well. So I think it kind of kind of worked both ways, but I think when a club is being more open and uh, communicating more with the fans, I think that can only really be a good thing in the long run.
1: Word today, Martin, that uh, the players. Um, I think we expected the those that had tested negative, the six of the eight, to be back perhaps uh, on the morning, back training on the morning of the Saint Johnston game. Uh, but word that they were back in training today, um, which is obviously going to be a, a boost in terms of picking a team for. Saturday night As you rightly point out It looks like uh, That selection dilemma Of being without the eight Is merely going to be delayed For a couple of weeks Probably to the point Where Cosgrove and Devlin Are probably fit for a selection they will be immediately unavailable Due to a ban um, But uh, Thursday's looking Maybe a little bit brighter Than it might have done otherwise
0: It is, yeah um, you know, you, We've only had one game so far The majority of the players Have been able to train So it's, uh, the, the, the team... Really, if these guys are there, will pick itself. I mean, I think obviously that the the full the full squad will need to be used. I mean, th- in this situation, um, potentially the extra subs will be needed because they're gonna we're gonna have some guys playing who have missed missed a you no, know, week a week or two a training, which isn't ideal. It leaves us with sort of less of a headache, I suppose you would say. Um, the headache's just been postponed for a few; will be for a few weeks. But so you yeah, having a full squad is good. Obviously, missing Cosgrove and Maine still not ideal, which just, which is the only dilemma we will have. Is of course who starts up front?
1: Yeah, as you say, Cosgrove out for a couple of months. Curtis Maine knocked you back until September, and the news breaking last week that um, well, it actually. Broke uh, in in our second time in a couple of weeks That the internet has been correct Um, Ryan Edmondson um, Who uh, can now go back to his day job Which must be a member of the Cribs With a name like that he must be in the Cribs Ryan Edmondson Um, Anyway he is going to be out for three to four months uh, With an ankle injury So yeah the question mark definitely mark Is up front Uh, What do you think Bruce Anderson obviously got the nod Against uh, on the opening day but um, you have other options, uh, uh, looking like maybe Nalm again, or perhaps Conor McLennan.
2: Yeah, uh, um, certainly we've got more options than we than we discussed last week ahead of the the game. Now that Anderson's going to be available, whether the the players that kind of haven't been training will be all in the game or all involved, or all, I suppose it will depend on how well they've been able to kind of train by themselves. So it's really difficult to kind of predict who's going to start on uh, on Thursday night, but particularly up front. McGinn's got the experience of playing the position, however, maybe not so much in recent times when he's lost a bit of pace. And maybe kind of McLennan's got a bit more kind of pace around him and a little bit more stature about him as well. So I was wondering maybe if McLennan might be the favourite to step in if he, if he doesn't play Anderson up there. But again... It's really difficult to, it's almost more difficult this week to guess the starting line up than last week because we kind of don't know what kind of fitness the players that haven't been training are kind of coming back with.
1: I think the phrase haven't been training, Martin, is maybe a bit disingenuous because unlike, you know, the clubs that furloughed players, they would have been able to get directions on what to do it's just that they would have been confined to i don't know if they would have been confined to their flats or whatever but or whether they just would have had to kept apart from anyone else you know i suspect i don't know for certain but i suspect they would have been able to go to the park for example on their own and do a fitness program
0: yeah you would assume so i mean i think that they probably were, were they would have been out having a run um you know I, I wouldn't. It wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me if some of these guys have got the home gym set up in the garage and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, um, so with, especially with obviously the gyms still being closed after all this time. Um, so as an aside, come on, Nicola. Get a move on. Get the gyms open. But they've obviously. Well, they've obviously. Will have been out for a run, doing some exercise and things like that. So they won't be. They won't be as far off of dare I say full fitness as as we would think. But there's obviously going to be an issue there because you know, they're not going to be. I mean, it's only one game. They've only played one game this season, really. Anyway, so it's like it feels weird to say they won't be like match sharp. That's a kind of, sounds a bit daft, but um, they're they're also going to have missed that kind of the football, that football training thing that you know it really should come second nature to them, I suppose. But um, I, I suppose there will be a bit of sharpness will be missing. I think that in terms of fitness wise, they probably they probably shouldn't be too much of a dip. I mean, yeah, they can get they can go out running and most of them. Most of them sensibly have um, seem to have stayed off of social media, so um, they haven 't been telling us how much running and how much fitness they 've been doing or things like that, so it's, um, it, is a, it is going to be a bit of a mystery, but I think, you know, I think we should be okay, but like I said, I think earlier on um, I, I do think that we 'll probably see the kind of full complement of, of available subs um, as the game's, game goes on in this one
1: You never struck me as a Jim Bo Martin. what a disappointment um, anyway. <laughs> St. Johnston themselves, Mark. Um, we actually spoke about this a couple of weeks ago when we thought the game was going to go ahead as planned, and that we we assumed there wouldn't be too much change from Tommy Wright's blueprint under the new manager, Calm Davidson. And certainly, the last few games have probably borne that out. Um, they picked up a good win on Saturday at Kilmarnock on the plastic pitch, albeit. Largely helped by Kilmarnock going down to 10 men shortly after taking the lead So I, I, I think as much as it is a new manager in place that's in Johnston We, we should have a fair idea what to expect, yeah?
2: Yeah, I think that's, I think that's fair it um, been kind of hard to assess them so far They've played three games, so they've only actually played two games more than we have So that they're not miles ahead of us in terms of minutes on the park Which is probably a bonus um, yeah, like I say, it's difficult to assess. It's always it's always hard when teams get players sent off in games. To, I mean, you haven't seen the full game, but the first game against United, I believe they were unlucky not to win the game with ten men in the second half. So that would suggest that they were they were doing all right. Then they got beat, you know, at Ibrox. I never saw any of that one. And then watching the highlights at the weekend, there they were kind of it was a bit of a robbery, really. They were kind of getting a bit of a going over from Kamarnock. Come on, it lost a man and, um, and they scored a couple of late goals against the 10 men, but, you know, I I don't think St Johnston have changed for, for many years now. It's always a difficult game. I can't remember the last time we played them and it was just a kind of comfortable 2-0 win and I don't expect it to be like that on Thursday either. And as you say, a new manager coming in, I don't think he'll change too much because, um, I think the, the squad would have been familiar to him anyway and, um, I think, given the relative success that they've had in, in recent years, it would probably be a bit foolish of them to change too much too soon.
1: So if it were a normal game, Martin, those are the things we'd probably be looking at. You know, St change changing style, how we'd line up with a striker. But the thing that you have to take into account here is as much as we might have glossed over earlier, and that's more to do with fatigue over the whole issue rather than anything else, there's still a lot of residual anger out there about this Aberdeen team And about the players involved In that uh, in that incident in Seoul So if the zones don't start With the right intensity With the right sort of aggression And the performance on Thursday A lot of people are going to get frustrated Very quickly, aren't they?
0: I think they will I mean, it's a case of look, I think we just need to We need to put the, the, the first game of the season Behind us No, it was atrocious um, Everybody uh, has had their say many times over about it, and it wasn't no, it wasn't wasn 't good it was it was very very bad so it's a, it is just a case of look a season starts here now um, and we need to, we need to get on with it and I think you know i 'm fairly sure though the manager will have stressed that to the players that you know we, we need to get get off on the right foot this is scotch football in a, in a nutshell here you know Kilmarnock gets, have a silly a silly red card. Um, get someone sent off, and St Johnston just on it. You no, know, and we know what you—you you know absolutely what you're going to get from St Johnston. No doubt. You no, know, we've said it before. They're well disciplined. You know, they're hard work, and all these kind of you know, cliches and things like that. And they managed—they managed to just kind of you know, get the points. And Kilmarnock really, you know, from what I saw in the highlights and what I've read, you no know, you know, Alex Dyer was really pissed off. They threw it away. And um, so we need to just again. Play, try and like bring, bring put our intensity and our our tempo and our plan into the game and take the game to them and not allow St Johnston to not, not bully us. But we have seen that before, where you know forty-five minutes has just drifted has drifted by against specifically St Johnston. You no, know, we've seen some awful games against them. Um, so I think it's important that just we get under we get this season back on track and get off on the right foot. And you no, know, they are. They are a difficult side to play against, but we have talented footballers in the team, um, and, and so do they. To be fair, they've got they have got some decent players. But I think it's important uh, that the manager you know, stresses because, as you rightly say, if if no, if we're a, we're no, there's no supporters going to be the game, obviously. So there's going to be no kind of negativity until the end of the end of the match, and, and you'll hear it on social on the the social media. Uh, but if if we go down there and it's a, a whimpering. You know, performance where we don't really impose ourselves in the game, then you're going to hear it, and immediately we're going to be the, the players and the club are going to be put in the back foot with with angry supporters again. And I, I really think that we can't they can't afford to allow that to happen.
1: No negativity until the end of the match. You'll need to have a swatch at your mute list. Um, <laughs> as far as uh, the squad building goes, uh, Mark, I, I, I think many of us thought that the business was pretty much done when um, you know Edmonton and. Um, Hoban came in just on the eve of the Rangers game uh, to uh, on short-term deals. But uh, word today that uh, we're in for Ross McCrory on a permanent deal. Well, it would be a loan deal until the end of the season and a fixed fee at the end of the season. I guess the thinking there is that the money doesn't come out of any budget for this season. Strikes me as uh, a, a position where relatively well stocked in a defensive midfielder, a guy who's maybe not quite good enough to play centre-half and maybe not quite good enough to play centre-midfield?
2: Yeah, um, it is a position that we do seem to have a lot of cover in, so I wonder, my first thoughts on him coming in was immediately, that must mean that somebody's going, so it may well be that there's still a, a couple to leave yet before we see the final squad I mean the window's still open to October, so we've got a long way to go until the till the transfer window closes and we've got the kind of English teams now we see today are slowly starting to kind of pick back up and making a few sign ins so things seem to be moving a bit more now. Um McCrory himself's not a player I've seen a huge amount of. He's a player whose name I've heard a lot of, um has always been a kind of up and coming talent. Rangers haven't had kind of a huge amount of youngsters breaking through over the over the past few years, so his was always a name that was getting mentioned. I um, see he's played it for Scotland at every level up to under twenty one, so he's obviously got a bit of talent about him. Maybe he just hasn't had the the right opportunity yet, but um, as you say, it's a it's a position that we seem well stocked in. So uh, the the inference from that is that there'll maybe be a couple. Um,
1: or at least one going out. Well, there's a, there's a couple of things from this uh, for me, Martin. I, I think on a positive side, the fact that he's um, clearly wanting to leave to get first team football, I think that's a positive thing for him as a as a person, as a character, as to what he can what he can bring that desire, that determination. Um, but my real concern is that you know the guys that tend to come through the youth ranks, they they get hyped to buggery. And they just then fall through the phases. I mean, we had one at Portada before. Greg Wilde was a classic example. Uh, I, I see Lewis McLeod, who was the, the great white hope before today, signed on a free transfer for Plymouth Argyle. That's my concern with McCrory, a guy that's perhaps been overhyped simply because of where he comes from.
0: I think you're right to say that. I mean, I would, obviously when this when the news sort of broke earlier today, I kind of over the course of the day, you know, they're kind of dipping out in and out. Uh, what the kind of reports are from him on Twitter? Um, reading a few bits from from what some some Rangers fans have been saying about them, and he, he seems to be you know quite well thought of by their supporters. Um, it's just that you know, they seem to think he's, he's he's not as good as what they have, which I think they see, you know, which would be he's you know, the opinions I've read is that he's not as good as Kamara and Ryan Jack, um, you know well i don't i haven't seen enough of him to say whether he is or he isn't um but yeah i mean they certainly do they like to overrate a youngster down there um and so that is something that we'll have to be to be cautious of i mean mckinnis has obviously seen must have seen plenty of him i assume he he's had him he must have had him watched um or he's been rifling through the dvds um over the past few weeks under lockdown um i i guess it probably shows that mckinnis doesn't have Faith in the guys that he's got In the current midfield to do what he wants As a defensive midfielder um, Which is on the, the manager because you know, he's signed Most of these guys um, So maybe um, he's looked at McCrory And decided that getting this Getting in a player that can do that role um, well, Might get the best out of you know, Ferguson, McGee Campbell, Ojo Whoever, but it does look Like that at least one of them some One person will be going out the way um. Because no, that is, you look at that um, squad That is an awful lot of central midfielders We've got there now
1: Well breaking news uh, That deal has <laughs> um, apparently been done um, <laughs> Ross McCrory on a four year deal uh, Derek McInnes quoted as saying This is the type of signing we should be doing at this club um, I think they call him using the, those exact same words About somebody else quite recently um, I forget who A young Scottish talent and somebody that I've admired for a couple of seasons Every transfer window that came up I was always keen to see exactly where he was in the pecking order there Obviously he had a loan spell last season And when the opportunity came We were restricted in what we can do Spending a fee But when the opportunity came Any fee could be delayed until next season We were delighted to have the chance to bring him here I spoke to a lot of people who have worked with him before a lot of the lads know him from the international setup. I think you can see it. I don't know him as well as I'm going to know him. I think I know what he is and what he brings in stature. A young Scottish talent, 22 years of age, coming to us on a four-year deal. We couldn't be more pleased with that signing. So the manager's obviously very happy, Mark. Um, you've got to, again, assume that a guy who is wanting to leave a club to get regular first-team football, he has been promised that to come here.
2: Yeah, and in, in, in as much as that, you can promise any player, I guess, that they'll they'll definitely be playing. But um, yeah, if a player's leaving a leaving a club to get first team football, then um, they're going to be expecting to be playing wherever it is they're going. So, I guess he, whether through um, being told he will be playing or whether he's just confident enough to think he'll come in and and start, he's obviously expecting to come in and be playing games. But I guess as well over a over a four year contract. He's maybe thinking over the course of this season, he can maybe build his way up to being a starter rather than coming in straight off the bat and going straight into the team. But, um, yeah, in terms of it's the type of player we should be signing, I I can agree with that in, in that, you know, young, young Scottish players are, are the ones that we should be grabbing a hold of, you know, taking the best young talent, McCann, um, you know, to benefit our team, but also kind of, Hopefully, to turn a profit on them to get more money to spend, because that's kind of what everyone in Scotland has to do, really. Look at um, what Livingston have done, making £2 million, uh, £2 million today out of Lyndon Dykes. I don't think many would have thought they would have got £2 million for him when they first signed. So, yeah, so as a long-term deal and an investment, I, I guess it makes sense, providing he lives up to his potential.
1: Yeah, that's, a, that's an interesting point, Mark, about Selling players on for profit I don't necessarily see it as that important Martin, the, the point of this football club Isn't to Make a profit on its transfers The point of this football club is to try and win things Try and win games, try and do well Try and win competitions And really when you look at other clubs that have Sold players for a crop of players For a good amount of money, what's immediately then followed In the case of Hibbs, in the case of Dundee United, even in the case of Hearts, there's been a spell in the lower leagues which has probably cost them more than the money they brought in for those players, and comfortably more in some cases. So I don't necessarily see it as a huge issue, but there was a stat yesterday that in selling Lyndon Dykes, Livingston have made more than we had for 15 years or whatever of outgoings. It's all going to be about the first one, isn't it? It's all going to be about getting that line in the sand and, um, and proving that we can actually sell somebody for decent money. The first one to go is, is I think, going to be an important step.
0: It's, it's long been a kind of source of irritation from some people that, you know, we don't kind of cash in on these players, but... You're you're in a situation now where, and I did see that start yesterday as well. And as, as interesting as it is, um, I'll, there's a, there's a few people on that list that kind of, I don't want to say ran their contracts down because um, they still played for us and no, they and they contributed, you know, pretty much to the last minute. Um, but it was it was interesting. I mean, no, I, I don't doubt that McKenna and and Cosgrove no if when they are sold. Um, it'll be for more than certainly more for for more sorry than Linden Dykes was. I'm, I'm like you, you know. Obviously, you want the club to kind of to to make some money here and there. You no, know, if we have to, if people have to leave, then I'd rather we get you no know, a, a fee for them. Um, but abs- I absolutely agree. I absolutely agree with you. I mean, you look at you know you look at Dundee United selling the Crown Jewels. Um, when they sold was it Mackay, Stephen, Armstrong, and then the forward as well. I can't remember his name. And they sold these three guys. What was it? The day, almost like the day after they beat us in the, the, the Scottish Cup semi-final. Shifty, you know. uh,
1: Shifty as well,
0: wasn't it? Shifty as well. Yeah. So it was almost the day after they sold. It, they, they beat us in the Scottish Cup semi-final. Um, and look what happened. They, they absolutely fell apart. Um, now Aberdeen. I would like to think that you know we've got a, a board and a chairman who wouldn't just you know, justify just selling you know, three or four of our best players in a one-er um, because then you know, you're 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 playing a playing a dangerous game, and you know clubs like Dundee United have have, have seen that Hearts have seen that by you no know, their, their, their time yet again in the lower leagues, um, so you've got to be careful. And I think Aberdeen are Aberdeen are, you know, for all the criticism we sometimes give you know the previous chairman as well. Um, you know we have been fairly sensible where we've tried to get people tied down on longer contracts. Generally, it's worked. On the flip side, of course, it means we haven't got fees for certain guys. I mean, 18 months left on his deal, if, if Graeme Shinnie was going to be going to Derby, I don't doubt he would have went for the, you know, probably similar money that somebody like the, the Dykes would have gone. But that didn't happen. We kept on to these players. Um, and it's, I suppose it's a sacrifice you make where if you hold on to these players, then you have a steady side. Then we've seen, you know, the relative success that we've got, where the club talk about reaching reaching finals and semi-finals and getting into Europe by have, by keeping these players for as long as we possibly can. You know, we get we, we achieve these things that you know the club are aiming to, but it does come with the caveat that you know some players are going to run their contracts down, and we've seen that. I mean, the only one we've really got a, we only got a real kind of sensible fee for was Johnny Hayes. I and mean, I know that out of the goodness of their hearts. Um, you know, Norwich gave us some money for Kenny McLean, um, which is still a bit of a head scratcher. But um, you know, it'll cu- it'll come eventually. You no, know, there will be a fee um, that you know will become you know, the Aberdeen FC record transfer. Um, and you know, because I, th- I still think is it, is it still Ian Jess is the is the record sale that we've done, which you know is is, is crazy really. Uh,
1: yeah, it uh, it is still Ian Jess. Um, what about the other aspect of this, Mark? You know, we raised it on Twitter last night that. Uh, and a few people misinterpreted it. The fact is that um, it, it won't. He won't get the same sort of uh, bedding in period that other players might do if he was. If it was a straight loan. Obviously, it's been clarified and fleshed out over the course of the day. That is now essentially a permanent signing, just not one where the money's changing hands today. But people aren't slow. To uh, to bring up uh, a player's Rangers past If things aren't going well are they and <laughs> You can say it's a minority And that's fine But in a stadium It only needs a minority of people To to spoil the atmosphere Against a certain player
2: Yeah th- There's there's always that Kind of Added extra little bit of pressure I guess On someone uh, Who has played for Rangers before Just try to think of the last player That came directly to us From, from Rangers Because that hasn't happened too often either But um, Yeah it does put a little bit Of kind of extra pressure um, Maybe that's Taken away a little bit By the fact we don't have The fans in at the minute And hopefully by the time The fans come back in You know he's maybe Impressed enough to To have that Kind of taken away But I, I, We've seen it happen Before we've We've seen it happen With the manager as well You know when When he's doing badly It gets brought out And if he, If they're doing well Then it doesn't really Get mentioned And I think that's always going to happen. I don't really think there's any avoiding that. I think it'll be down to the kind of player's own character how he deals with it. I think.
1: Yeah, and again, probably a plus point for McCrory that he's you know it might be an easier option for him to to look to move down so he'd even move to Hibs. But he's said right, okay, I'm gonna. I believe I can overcome that uh, and uh, be a success at Pitodry. So, yeah, that's it, a um, four-year deal, I guess it's one year on loan and three years subsequent to that So It's tied up till 2024 anyway, which is a, a significant investment on somebody who you would imagine will be first choice from now on Whether that be in midfield, whether that be at centre-half or right back, we'll wait and see, I guess uh, First opportunity to see that will be Thursday night Uh, Something which seems quite old hat now, but was quite fresh and new when we spoke last week, is the European draw. Um, It's going to be either uh, NSI Runevik of the Faroe Islands or Barrytown United once more. uh, We met them, obviously, back in 1996. Now, uh, Martin, that preliminary round tie takes place in the Faroes on Thursday evening. Uh, Do you have a preference or... Have you got no clue whatsoever About either of these two teams Which is probably what I would expect
0: Um, Yeah I mean I'm not going to pretend I know any of them I mean if I'm being honest In a completely childish way I kind of hope we get the Faroese team Just um, for the walk like an Egyptian jokes That will come on social media But that's about it I mean it doesn't really matter Um, Look these two teams are um, are minnows Aberdeen should be looking We really should be looking to beat uh, beat Either of them anyway Um, So I don't think it matters It's not like it's not like we're going to be able to travel and go to the away game anyway. So really, you know, the, the excitement obviously has been taken out of it by the fact that all these games are going to be closed doors and things like that, and it's obviously single legs. So there's no real preference. Um, if we're being totally honest, um, it's just you know, hope you know, we'll see who get we'll see who gets through when the ties played on Thursday Thursday tea time, and then we'll take it from there. But um, I don't think it really it really matters. they they're both teams that we should be looking at. Um, Beaten um, and we'll look at, we'll get to the next round.
1: Well, you can certainly travel to these two ties. That's assuming the local <laughs> Aberdeen restrictions are lifted. But uh, unless you've got the name of a, a local cherry picker yeah. in either uh, tough tier or Cardiff, then no, you're, you're probably not getting to see the game. But uh, but yeah, Thursday Thursday at six pm, that game goes ahead. Uh, a sort of warm up at for the Dawn's game at Perth that evening. Thursday Perth Sunday Bittodry again. Livingston We're going to know a great deal more About how this team is going to shake up The season at the end of this week Mark than we did from that uh, opening day Aren't we because uh, As disappointing as it was um, Our season isn't just Defined by games against them You have to pick up These points, you have to pick up These winnable points In
2: games like Livingston at home We've got four games in ten days Coming up and it's kind of a you'd like to think a perfect chance for the players to put that first game behind them and get back out, get the minutes in, get the match sharpness up and um, get some points on the board. St Johnston away and Livingston at home are always two difficult games. Livingston at home has always been one we've kind of always managed to eke out wins in. I think it was two close games last season. Was it three, three, was two 3-2 and 2-1. Two, so um, Yeah, they're always close games. Much like St Johnston you know Livingston are always a well-organized team. Um, Gary Holt's always got them kind of playing to their strengths. So um, they'll be missing Dykes up front. It's a big one for them. I don't know if they can get anyone else in uh, before the weekend. But yeah, I think you, you know what you're going to get from both of these kind of teams. But um, we've came on stuck in the past against them. So in some ways, it's kind of a perfect kind of games to come back into. But in other ways, it's mm-hmm. It's tricky kind of ones It's ones that you could see Potential for slipping up in So um, I think if we can get through These two And win them both I think we'll be Doing alright Yeah historically Certainly last season They were Very good at home
1: Very impressive at home Not so impressive On the road It was just The, the one home game At Petology last season A 2-1 win Bruce Anderson Getting the winner It, it seems to be tight Always against them But uh, uh, but yes, just about able to, to eke out enough. Again, though, you would hope for a bit more, wouldn't you?
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Would um, you know? I mean, I watched, I watched a little bit of the, the game on um, the game on Sunday, and you know, it was, it was. No, they, they did the, the, everything you expect from, from Livingston. though. they, they worked hard um, for all the kind of for all the kind of the criticism. I mean, uh, criticism that Rangers got from after the game. I thought that. No, it was a little bit. I thought it was a little bit harsh because, um, no, Livingston did what they do. Now they work hard. They kind of try to stop you playing. You no, know, it's it's. No, they, they did. No, it's what they're going to do against us. Really, you know, they know find that we've got, you know, players who can unlock the door and all that kind of stuff. You know, guys like Johnny Hayes. You know, guys like Nell McGinn. You know, talented footballers who can who who can create these these chances. It isn't just going to be. You know, especially because he's injured, it isn't going to be high balls up into the box to Sam Cosgrove. You know, we're going to tr- we're going to have to try and cut them cut them open and play actual football against them for for most of the game. Um, so I think it's you know I think it was a little bit a bit harsh on them on Sunday. And so I saw I saw little bits of it, um, and yet yeah, they worked hard. You know, they fo- they, they, they did to Rangers um, what I think they'll probably try to do us and you know, kind of force forces out wide. Um, they, play, they played they played to like. Just going to st- you know, make the game a bit stuffier, which is what they do, especially on that pitch as well. Thankfully, we're obviously at home, um, but you know you'd be expecting more. F- you'd be expecting more from Aberdeen. You expect us to create some chances. Um, I suppose being being at being at home, despite the lack of crowd, I think you know I think we'd be, we would have every right to expect um, a little bit more from from the team, um, and I think that we've got a really good chance. So this is you know this is a decent kind of. A decent couple of games coming up, which we know will be know will be hard, uh, but it's it's tough games. It's games that we've you know not necessarily coasted in the past. So I think it's good that these these two games are together. It gives the it gives the players a bit of a test, um, especially coming back from the kind of enforced layoff.
1: And uh, as Mark rightly points out, right, Martin uh, losing Lyndon Dykes—you know—such a back-to-wall the performance on on Sunday, and they, they were rightly praised for it. it Perhaps didn't impact them that much, um, although they might have offered more of a threat uh, in the opposition half had he been available. But uh, but it's unlikely they're going to be able to replace his influence and his goals on the sort of budget they operate at.
0: No, it isn't. I mean, they'll be looking at. They'll put. I mean, I would imagine they'll be looking at some of the other. Um, Scottish Premiership teams, uh, perhaps somebody at you know guys in League One, League Two in England, maybe um, guys who are on the fringes or young players. So they'll be they'll be looking to do similar to what we tried with um, with um, Edmondson from Leeds, where you bring in a I bring in a young guy um, who could potentially look at it, Can I make a name for himself in in you know, a, a level a, a good level of football. Uh, but you know, we'll, we'll, that remains to be seen. I mean, if they, if they, they might, I mean, I would assume they're going to have to try and bring somebody in. Um, I'm not going to pretend I know a hell of a lot about Livingston's reserve strikers because Lyndon Dykes was the was the guy for them. Um, so it's definitely going to be they're definitely going to be missing something. So that's I think there's like it's a good opportunity for us um, to be coming up against this where you know, they're going to be. I dare I say they'll be in a, like a little bit of a transitional period where they're going to have to try and find. Find a new kind of, a new, perhaps a new way of playing or a new, a new striker up front. So it'll be interesting to see what they do, uh, but I don't think we'll see much of a change in how they play. Um, I just think there'll be, but you, know, you can't somebody like Dykes, you know, I mean, you know, you know, he, was, he was quite rightly, you know, despite the fact he hadn't been you know, rocketing in heaps of goals, he was quite, quite rightly fated because um, he'd been very good for them and he'd, you know, he'd been creating chances and he, was, he, was play, he had suited the Livingston way of playing. Um, so it'll be interesting to see where, where they go from that But um, it's really just about how we, we approach that We can obviously um, exploit the fact that they're going to be missing Arguably their best player
1: Right, well that's uh, Sunday Again, we're going to try and do the sort of on the whistle Roundup of the two games coming up this week Hopefully you'll join us for that And thank you for joining us tonight. Uh, That is, of course, if you get to hear this, if there's not news breaks in the next 12 hours, it doesn't completely contradict everything that we've just said, uh, which was what happened last week. Um, Anyway, my great thanks to coming on yet again to Mark Gordon. Mark, great to have you back on. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Cheers. And uh, as ever, to Martin Martin,
0: Thanks Richard, let's just hope Nicola doesn't take the piss And um, put more games off
1: We will be back next week And as I say, also back uh, after the full-time whistle Of uh, the games on Thursday and Sunday uh, With instant reaction to how it's gone So, uh, ahead of The return of playing, the return of the Dons uh, After what's been a difficult week For everyone in the North East It's come on you Reds